I'm Emma G. Rose. I'm Shell Shearer. We're indie authors. And this is Indie Book Talk. Hello and welcome back to Indie Book Talk. Today we have Jared Morrison, author of Of Dreams and Angels, and he's here to talk to us about how he's being so awesome as an independent author. I think that's that's a fair, yeah. Uh, well, so that, Jared, that's your description of it. Let's be clear that, <laughs> that I didn't lead with that. I didn't say so let's let's have me on and we'll talk about how awesome I am as an indie author. You got to own it. Yeah, I, feel like I, I was just listening to your one about her name was Sarah McKnight about the, the imposter syndrome. So that's yes. that's a great way to lead into this one to make me sound like a make me uncomfortable about hyping myself up. No, no, it's all good. Authors have to sell themselves these that's days, true, especially. Yes. Yeah. Yes, and actually, I want to point out that because you did this very well in the pitch that Jared sent us. I, I really, I, I giggled because he said, of Dreams and Angels, my debut award-winning best-selling novel, and then in, in parentheses says, pardon the immodesty, but by necessity, I need to toot the book's horn. And I was like, yes, you are absolutely correct. You do need to do that. Yeah, I guess I realized that early in the journey, especially going the indie route, is that if I'm not talking about the book, then chances are nobody is, and <laughs> which sounds awful, but on a day-to-day basis, I, I guess I should say, because even when I consider myself as a reader and, you know, I, my favorite authors that have been around for decades, but I maybe talk about them once a year because I'm, I'm making a recommendation to a friend. So really, if, if I'm not going to be my own books champion and likewise for you, the two of you, your authors as well, I know. So if we're not talking about our books, then chances are pretty good that it's going silent at the moment. Absolutely. And that's, that's really a huge a huge mindset shift that a lot of authors have to take early on, I think, mm-hmm. that it's very hard to start saying, no, really, this book is great and you should read it and you should talk to me about it and I want to talk to you about it. Like, that's really hard, isn't it, Shelly? I, I haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> Shelly's face during that was fantastic. It's almost it's too bad just... this is podcast mostly. <laughs> oh, no, it's been yeah, if, if you if you go watch this on YouTube, you can see Shelly's face as I'm doing that. And uh, it is priceless. It's worth going to watch just for that. I second that. So how have you been doing in promoting your book? What, what aspects have you been doing? Well, again, I should preface this by saying that I... I I even said this in our email communication that I, I've made more mistakes probably than things I'm doing right. and, and That's the only way to learn it. As much as I know I should be doing things, I, I don't. And for every one thing I do right, I've, I've done five things wrong. So, so yeah, I wish I could say I'm consistent in terms of how I'm marketing the book and, and that sort of thing, or my author presence and all this thing. But I'm sure the two of you can relate and all of your listeners that it feels like there's a list that's about 100,000 items long of things we should be doing to mm-hmm. either promote ourselves or, or to promote promote our books. And there simply aren't enough hours of it. We could spend all our time doing that and never write another book. So yeah. And new social medias and stuff come out so often. I mean, it could be new things and you just cannot keep up. So, I mean, for me, what I, where it started, maybe we'll start with that and then how it started, how it's going or whatever the memes are on. And definitely share some of the mistakes. So people know not to make those as well. Absolutely. Or to make them in new and interesting ways. 
So I started with Instagram in terms of, of social media and, and that sort of thing. And it was funny, again, because mentioning your your other guest, Sarah McKnight, she was saying she hates Instagram at the end of the thing. And she's mostly on Twitter, whereas Twitter is a new thing for me. And I haven't focused a lot of attention there. But for me, it was Instagram at first. And I was still in the process of writing the book. And I, I just decided, I kind of heard one of these woo-woo voices that you hear when you're a writer. You know, it, sometimes it's the stories themselves, but sometimes it's also... You hope it's the muse speaking to you or something like that. But it mm-hmm. basically said, your job is to write the words and put it out there and I'll take care of the rest. I don't know who the I was in that sentence because that wasn't me, but that's kind of what I heard. And so that that led me to Instagram simply because I was familiar with it. I had only used it sporadically for my own self, you know, posting cats or food or whatever, as people do. That's important. Yeah. <laughs> but in terms of the people that I... I knew in my life that had had success with Instagram, I thought, well, I'll just try and emulate what, what they did. I'm not going to try and reinvent the wheel. And in doing that, I thought perhaps as I'm writing, I'll, I'll share snippets of the book. So that's where it started. And then from there, the presence just sort of grew and grew and grew. I tried just about everything in terms of building the platform because I was really sold on that idea in the beginning as well, that, oh, you have to build your platform. You have to, and we hear this all the time and I'm, not saying that's not true either, but I was kind of, I bought into this idea that if I had a big enough platform, I would secure an agent first query letter, and then I would get a publishing deal. And then right now we'd be talking about my movie premiere instead of my book or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> and that's not quite what happened, but I, I still endeavored to, to build it up. And I joined engagement pods. I did giveaways or, or participated anyways which were supposed to get you followers and all this kind of stuff that I don't do anymore. I did in the beginning and I was pondering this before we got on the call here in terms of, again, where it started and how it's going and all that and the things that maybe I would do differently. And then I, I did pause to consider that I don't know that I would have done, I would do anything differently because again, the lessons that you learn along the way. And, but if I was starting brand new, I don't know that I would spend so much time doing that. I would really just try and be more organic and more authentic than I was because I was really chasing this idea that, oh, if I get X number of followers, then an agent is sure to want to work with me. And that wasn't my experience at all. So they kind of go, well, when I was creating, it was sort of this, that's nice, but we're actually more interested in this type of book right now. So. So are you still trying to do the traditional route and get an agent or are you, you set on indie publishing now? Well, I haven't closed the door to anything, but I, I'm certainly not at the moment. I'm not querying or anything like that. I'm focusing on writing the next stuff. And, and right. I, I want this experience to be to feel authentic, not just appear authentic. I, I want to feel settled in my soul about what I'm doing. And that's where along the way, some of the mistakes that I've referenced are, are things that I thought, I really sort of did that because I was told that this would help with presence and, and really it just got me a bunch of spam or bots or whatever. And I really wish I hadn't done that. But then at the same time, I don't know if, if I was wandering along with 50 followers, I, I don't know if I would have sold books. So there's, it's this weird irreconcilable paradox. I find that uh, it's a necessary evil to use that phrase as well. Social media and all that. I have a, I can't even call it a love-hate relationship with it because mostly I dread dealing with social media. But, okay, let's paint a rosier picture than what I'm doing right now. (laughs) What I can say that has been wonderful is the relationships that I have formed that are authentic. 
via social, some wonderful writers that I would have never otherwise encountered. And in the beginning, I was, for a while, my Instagram profile used to say accidental poet, because when I was sharing snippets of the book, I was trying to make them so small in like the little picture mm-hmm. that it, they were maybe, th- they were almost like haikus. So, <laughs> and it would be like two sentences out of my book, but I really chopped it down and people were almost mistaking it for poetry. And I thought, no, no, it's <laughs> coming from a fictional book with characters that are as real to me as my sister. So no, no, this isn't poetry. So, but nonetheless, it, it led me to, I guess, meeting other poets and other writers and, and that sort of thing. That, and I've read books that I would have probably never read mm-hmm. otherwise. So I'm very grateful for those experiences along the way and wouldn't trade those for anything. I've had similar experience on social media where you kind of do the grind to get like on Twitter, which I know you said you're just now on. I did a couple very early on of those writers lifts that everyone talks about where, and what I did on mine was to just relentlessly engage. So everyone who commented, I commented something, even Mm -hmm. if it was just like, oh, I love your book cover or like, oh, that sounds interesting. You know, it was just a few words. And I went from like, 300 followers to like 1200 overnight literally Mm -hmm. but then since that happened I haven't been pushing to grow that audience anything other than organically because the relationships are what really Mm -hmm. makes social media worth doing and really I think what sells books you know I sell more books when I talk to someone directly than I could possibly do with advertising yeah I don't think that I I've had book sales as a result of any singular post I did or certainly not because of the advertising either. It's it's because of the relationships as well. Mm-hmm. That's where it gets tricky though, I find as well, just again, that dichotomy or paradox or whatever the right word is here, uh, in that you could spend all day though commenting on other people's things and, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So I struggle with that as well to find balance in, yeah. in how to be supportive of other writers and, and how to be consistent and then also not spend eight hours a day on social media. Right. Do you do in-person events at all or anything like that? I haven't yet, actually, simply because, I mean, I wrote the book during COVID and then Ah. released it during COVID. And and so maybe now there there would be obviously opportunity for that. But a lot of the fanfare, you know, (laughs) around the release time, because the book's now been out for almost a year and a half. So. So the next book then. Yeah, I certainly hope. But this one, this one. Won an, did it win an award? What, what what you in our saying? Hold on, I'm looking. I'm looking. Award winning. It says award winning. What award did you win? So there's been it's been a. I feel bashful oh. again. No, 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 now. no. There's been a few. That so most recently last week it won the NYC but Big Book Award. It was called in the paranormal romance category. So it won overall for that, and then it also won gold in the reader's favorite book awards so that was about a month ago and then it's been a finalist in a couple of other awards programs so a multi-award winning book yeah go to an independent bookseller and be like this is my award-winning book you need this look at all the (laughs) stickers on here look at this so is it paranormal well, I mean, that's what I classified it as in this whole journey of, of making it up as we go along indie authors. So I, yeah, I shoehorned it into paranormal romance, but really I've been told now that it maybe is better described as a kind of magical realism or that sort of thing. That is such a sketchy line. Yeah, but it's, it's October. 
So get out there to an independent bookstore and be like, look at my book. <laughs> That's a good thought. Yeah. The time of year. Yep. Do you, where do you live in New York city or do you, are you just in New oh, York? No. Oh, okay. No, Cause in- you said NYC something, something back in that list. Yeah. The, the NYC book. big book award. Yeah. So I was assuming that was New York city. Is it not? It is, is yeah. it a different place? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say there's an indie bookstore wherever you are. I'm, I'm fairly certain. Unless yeah, you live like, I don't know, in the middle of nowhere, I suppose. I'm in Canada, but we're not like yeah. in the, where are you two located? <laughs> I'm in Maine, so I get it. Okay. <laughs> Virginia. <laughs> gotcha. But yes, yeah, so I am in civilization. So it's not like totally North Canada where there's nobody <laughs> around for 50 miles. Okay, so you're writing on your next book right now? I have about... I'm being the classic author and having about three works in progress at the moment, but yes, I I'm constantly working on something, but yeah, the, the follow-up that I was writing, not a sequel or anything like that, but the next book that I was working on, I I hit about 80,000 words and then uh, I'm not quite sure where the story is going. So why don't we solve that by starting something new? And then (laughs) I've since done that one more time. So there's, there's three things in progress. Wonderful. Do you consider maybe bringing in like a developmental editor or someone to help you? Or have you found that if you just let it sit for a bit, you'll come back to it and know what happens next? Both. And I think that's a good plug for your last episode about with the yes. developmental editors. <laughs> there you go. The listeners can go back to that. But actually, I have engaged one. And, mm-hmm. and so looking at that, but also I, I find it helps to put it away for a while too, and then come back to it with a fresh set of eyes. I heard you talking about that in other episodes, just you pull it out and you think, did I actually write this or did someone, did a ghost come into my room and steal my laptop and, and type some words out or what's going on here? Cause I don't You're remember. Like, hey, that, it's like, Hey, that's pretty good. Yeah, it's not <laughs> that bad. I'll hire that ghost. I'll hire that ghost. It's a ghost writer. Speaking of coming back to things, I want to go back to the award thing. Have you just been like applying to every award you can find? How did you go about becoming a multi-award winning author? That was essentially what happened. So I, I guess as it dovetails into the whole overall theme of the, of the show here, is it just, I've been willing to try everything. So <laughs> that if there's been any secret to any sort of relative success here, is, is that I, I'm relentless in my willingness to do that. And as you were saying before, Emma, I mean, that's scary for most of us, for pretty much all of us. And, and maybe a lot of authors don't have that experience. Whereas in my day job life, I've had to do that for a long time where I've had to put myself out there and, and sort of be relentless. And it's almost, this sounds almost disparaging, but it, it is a numbers game to a certain extent in terms of, you know, if you talk to enough people, mm-hmm. <laughs> if you apply for enough awards, as bad as that sounds, maybe you have a shot at winning. I know this, I can say this much. If you apply for zero awards, you're going to win zero. So absolutely. I, yeah, I didn't apply for everything that I ever saw, but I went through the list. So I would Google and read on Writer's Digest and Reedsy mm-hmm. and all this, like here's some reasonable contest to enter again if I was doing it all over again now I know with the next book which ones I would apply for for sure and which ones Mm -hmm. I would probably skip that felt like a bit of a money grab Mm because that's my other experience as I'm sure you two can relate that along with the hundred thousand long bullet point list of here's all the things you could or should be doing here's another fifty thousand people that are willing to part you from your money Mm -hmm. 
to market your book and it will hit a home run if you simply go with this crew. And I've tried a lot of those things where I spent more than I should have and, and got zero results, but Hey, I tried. You did. Learn. Jared's up here making mistakes. So you don't have to. There you go. That'll be one of my nonfiction, but that'll be my nonfiction book down the road is Jared's mistakes and how you can avoid them. Yeah, I like don't it. Don't be like yeah. Jared. <laughs> That reminds me of those stick figure memes where it's like, oh, so-and-so yeah. does this, be like so-and-so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It'll be like, so-and-so brings their cart back to the cart return. So-and-so is not a dick. Be like so-and-so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it can be for writers. But it can be for writers. <laughs> Sorry, I'm all over the place today. But that's okay, because that's on theme, trying all the things. There you go. What <laughs> is there anything else that you're like, oh, this is the thing, I'm going to try this next? In terms of my existing book or new book or all of the above? Anything. I Anything would. you'd like, I'm going to do this now. So the next thing I'm trying, I guess I'll bring you behind the curtain in Jared's life. Not that a lot of people are asking <laughs> what's behind the curtain, but since we're talking about it, we might as well talk about it. So yes, there's been the awards and that sort of thing. The book was well received as well by Kirkus Reviews and Book Life made it an editor's pick and all that. But I had a funny experience, I guess, about a month ago where one of the awards that I had applied for, and it was my fellow Canadians too, so I'm feeling a little bitter about that, but not only did they not pick it, which is fine, like there's plenty of rejection along this route, and and most of the awards that I applied for, I didn't win, so that's that's fine, I'm, I'm good with that, but they gave feedback on the book, which most of these programs don't, and they just eviscerated it. And, oh no! And <laughs> and I'm okay with the criticism. Like I have my bad reviews as well on Amazon by readers I've never met, and and I'm just always pleased that somebody I didn't know read my book. And even if they panned it, I'm I'm just so grateful that hey, you spent the time. I'm sorry that you, you wish you had read something else, but I I'm still really grateful that you did. Mm-hmm. Nonetheless, they sent this feedback, and it was so harsh that it was almost laughable. I was I was laughing with my wife about it when I told her about it, and. But they did highlight a couple of consistent themes that had come across in any criticism I've received about the book. And mostly it had to do with its length because it is, it falls in around 130,000 words. And I did my damnedest to to get it even to that. (laughs) It was much longer before. So there was that. And, and just occasionally they, they said I was guilty of, of doing too much telling rather than showing in the book. So I hired an editor to go through it, even though it's been published and it's already, you know, had the reviews and the awards and that sort of thing. Because in the end, my mission is is to do what I think Stephen King said best in on writing is that I want to enrich the lives of those who I'm lucky enough that they picked up my book for however many hours they spend with it. And if I'm not completely doing that, or if there's a way that I can, if I'm doing that to this level, but I can bring it from 70 to 100 or whatever the number is, then I would like to do that. So I wasn't able to do that at the time during COVID when I was putting it out into the world, but now I'm able to do that. So that's kind of what's happening next. And I'm very interested to see what's going to come out of that. And, and the subject, I'm also nervous, you know, as any writer is that maybe they won't like it. They're an editor (laughs) after all, they're supposed to tell me what's not working. So I'm stealing my little tender writer's heart for whatever is about to come out of that. But so that there may be a second edition is what I'm saying. And, 
and ah, very see nice. what happens there. So I don't know if that's going to continue along the same path that I'm currently on, or if this is going to take a 90 degree turn or, or what's going to happen. Exciting. That's cool. I did a second edition to my first book because for kind of similar reason in that I felt like I made a lot of mistakes in publishing my first book. Mm-hmm. And then I felt like I, with some simple enough changes could make it better. Right. For the most part, it wasn't about the text, though I know that there's room for growth there. But even just the format that I had originally released it in and, you know, those sorts of choices, just I could do better. So I did. And it's been very well received. So it, it's, well, it's an interesting process. Yeah. A second edition is a really interesting process because there are people who will buy it again because they're like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the director's cut, but backwards. It's the non-director's yeah, exactly. cut. Uh, and then they'll That's compare them, and they'll be like, "You shouldn't have done that. You should have kept it this way." It'll be it'll be fun, I'm sure. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to talk to us about before I start asking you about your presence on the internet and where people can find you? I just think the name of the game, and I'm, this is saying do as I say, not as I do, I guess one of those things or it's okay, here, I'll give my own self advice is Jared, be consistent, like find <laughs> the manageable things that you can do every day and do a little bit of that. And I'm getting a little bit better lately about doing that as it, even as it comes to social media and stuff, because I go in waves where I'm quite active and then I kind of go dormant for a while because I've just had enough. So, mm-hmm. but consistency and also a willingness to just shout into the void, I think is a necessary evil at this point. So, I mean, it's a good thing. I'm okay with rejection. And the great thing about being a writer is most of the rejection is silent. (laughs) You just never hear any. One of my author friends told me as he was publishing his book and it was nonfiction, but he he said that he heard along the way, you get to publishing day and you think your life is going to change, whether it's indie or anything else. And all of a sudden things are going to blow up and, and, you almost sit and get ready. You put on your best clothes and think, okay, today's the day that my life is about to change. And then really what it is, is how he described it was the calm before the calm. <laughs> more calm and more calm. So in the last year and a half with this beautiful experience of writing and publishing this book, there's maybe been about six days that that were out of the ordinary and then the rest have been just consistently calm. So it, I'm again, to... Circle back, Jared, be okay with rejection, Jared, and thus all writers out there, if you can extract any sort of hopeful message out of this, be okay with shouting into the void. And and the good thing is that most of the time the people don't shout back, but at least when they do, and it's a positive thing, then, you know, you can sort of pat yourself on the back for thinking, I'm glad I went for it. I'm glad I tried. Okay. So if people want to track your consistency and make maybe echo back when you shout into the void, where can they find you on the internet? So on Instagram, I'm at Jared writes, very creative. And then Twitter, Jared writes was already taken by some dude that hasn't posted since 2014. So he doesn't write. Nope. (laughs) Or if he does, he's writing his magnum opus, you know, and, and eschewing social media altogether, but he did, attempt to join in 2014-ish. But anyways, on there, I'm Jared M. Wrights. Okay. So everyone go go follow Jared um, so you can hold him accountable for the message that he just shared with all of you and possibly see when the next multi-award winning best-selling book comes out because that seems likely. Yeah. Thank you so much for being on the show, Jared. It was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure likewise.